0: Hello, it is Wednesday, April 7th. It is coming, down in Indianapolis. Yeah, this might be the last show ever. I mean, it is insane. We hope everything's okay. T's and peas to everybody being affected by the weather right now. It could be us by the time tomorrow comes. Good show for you today. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Let's get right to it. Hey, today's a big day. Lane Kiffin joins us in about 22 minutes or so. Lane Kiffin has been uh, quoted in rap songs. Lane Kiffin has been a head coach in the NFL. He's been a head coach in college. He's been... There, done that with football, growing up in a football family. Cannot wait to chat with him about everything going on in his life. And also, you know, hey, why is the transition so hard to the NFL? You've been there both sides. You've won. You've lost in both sides. What, what makes it so... Every time he comes on, and any time he speaks, I think electricity flows out of his Mm -hmm. mouth. Cannot wait to chat with him. He's a guy who does not give a fuck. No, 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 he doesn't. You know what I mean? That's part. He does not like. He'll say. He said some stuff. Uh, before the college football thing was uh, going to go on where I assume he immediately, on this show, he got emails, I'd assume, from commissioners, mm-hmm. I, I, from people like, hey, you can't be saying what you're just saying. He told us before that college football thing goes on, he goes, it'll work, but, I mean, I'm talking to guys right now that don't even have enough players that would, that would be able to field a team. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is, they want us to deal with this. And then also, by the way, go beat Alabama as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he says things that you would hope People would say, or things would be said. And I cannot wait to chat with Lane Kiffin, Donner at Ole Miss. Uh, Levante David, uh, linebacker for the Buccaneers, Super Bowl champion. He's been in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since 2012. He's been there for the tough times in Tampa and now for the beautiful times. Cannot wait to chat with him about all things happening down there for the Buccaneers and in the NFL. And then in the third hour, big, big convo. Mm hmm. We learned of this human's existence just yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We were talking to a man who played quarterback at USC, then for the Jets, then bounced around a little bit. Now he does the television. He's handsome. He lives in Southern California. The Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, was talking to us about his draft analysis. And he talked about the quarterbacks and the position and Sam Darnold, obviously. But when he got to Justin Fields, he dropped a little tidbit on this particular show yesterday that I did not know existed. There is is a recall test that 6500 professional athletes have been given and out of the nfl quarterbacks allegedly uh this is all of this is allegedly out of the nfl quarterbacks that have tested that which have included patrick mahomes josh allen and who knows who else this is just who the Sanchez mentioned yesterday in this test justin field scored the highest out of all of them in recall so We're starting to think there's a chance with how high he scored. The way Sanchez delivered this news, he was like, hey, this is the highest score they could possibly give, basically, in this particular test. He's got it. We're thinking Justin Fields potentially has a photographic memory. And if he does, how has that not been information that we have learned about until yesterday with Sanchez? We're going to do a little bit of follow-up on the information that Sanchez gave us. We got the creator of the test that Justin Fields took in 6,500. Other professional athletes have taken a doctor. In sports psychology yeah, dr Goldman, joining no! us hey! that's his quarter profile picture it's it's black and white filter i think mm-hmm. there's some other potential lighting and highlighting going on in the photo this dude's legit been doing this for a long time we learned about the goldman standard just yesterday whenever you're testing brains on whether or not they'll be good professional athletes cannot wait to hear his breakdown now we did get a message from Dr. Goldman's team. And I don't think Dr. Goldman knows us that well, uh, that he will not be able to go through individual people's scores. And Dr. Goldman, we would never expect you to dox people's scores in anything like that. No, that is not no. the Goldman standard way. We actually were surprised that Sanchez was yeah. just all willy yeah. out. Yeah. We actually wondered where Sanchez heard the information from. I, maybe he just went directly to the sources here, which could very much be the case, but we will talk to Goldman about his test. <laughs> is it a Fugazi? Ooh. How come nobody knows about this? Who knows about this test? Because who's potentially spreading misinformation about Justin Fields who might be interested in Justin Fields? Fields. We were told yesterday about a classic story that I did not remember about Shanahan whenever, uh, Dad Shanahan when he was in Denver. They loved Jay Cutler so much coming out of Vanderbilt that they didn't visit with him. They didn't talk with him. They didn't want anybody to know that they were potentially interested. So I would assume if it was the social media world, the whole entire thing is Shanahan hates Jay Cutler. Then the whole question would be, well, why do they hate Jay Cutler? Anyways, they didn't even act like they were interested in Jay Cutler at all. Then all of a on, Jay Cutler didn't even know they were interested. Then on draft <laughs> night, they drafted him and they said, listen, we were in on this guy from the very beginning. Uh, we didn't want to give away any signs that we loved and we didn't want anybody else to think this was a blah, blah, blah. Is somebody doing that with Justin Fields? Is somebody trying to bury Justin Fields so they can get up and get Justin Fields? What is going on? And mm. does that really work? Like, do teams listen to what the media is reporting about what other teams are feeling or are teams doing their own research? Dr. Goldman is going to inform us on who gets to find out his information. I hope he'll tell us. You don't have to tell us exactly teams, but NFL teams, I I think on his website it said, GMs, presidents of franchises and organizations are who he deals with on a regular basis. So, I mean, we're going to learn a lot in that third hour. AJ Hawk will be there too. Maybe we get Goldman and Tesla CTE stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Right there. Just do like a quick like. You know, finish the pattern here mm-hmm. with A.J. Hawk, who has zero documented concussions. Talked to him yesterday, Facetime. him, by the way. Oh, yeah? How's he doing? Well, it was after my golf outing. He he saw the slow-mo video that I posted. And he goes, how'd you do? Was his text, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I lost 11 balls in eight holes. That's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. <laughs> okay? It was not a good first outing. Uh, the road to Tahoe. 2022 championship circle Mm -hmm. is going to be a long one I do believe. I mean there was balls flying through neighborhoods this golf course that I've been a member of for 13 months. I played golf I'd never seen these nine holes (laughs) (laughs) I'd never seen the whole course that we played yesterday and it's very close to my house. I had no idea the houses that were on the golf course existed. I had no idea this golf course existed but I will let them know I donated an entire box of balls in nine holes. Wow. Yeah I mean it was not nice. good for you. It's pretty good. Thank you, bud. Pretty good. Uh, the DeChambeau putt thing is not the answer for me, I don't oh, think. Oh, no, really? I thought I had it figured out. <laughs> Son of a So, bitch. flat stick, still a big question mark. The big stick was spraying a bit mightily, but the clubs I was using, Mickey Mouse, I'm not going to be able to oh, use. It. Not I'm cut it. It. Oh, not going to be able I thought we were potentially going to be. You know, investors in a golf club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know that's a pretty cool thing to do. Like, hey, hey, listen, we got golf clubs. You want to play? This is like a fun. Here we go. This is how we're gonna do. It. I get out there. Just I'm not gonna be able to. I'm not gonna be able to golf with those. They're okay? so yeah. Mickey just, Mouse. They they appear to be a bit Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I mean, the bag <laughs> yeah. kind
2: of told the story. We knew from looking at the bag. Hey, that those clubs are.
0: not It wasn't walking back. It was a walking bag. Yeah, it right. was a, It was a walking bag. But the club, when you know, w- when I was swinging the club, I think. As I was down here, I could still see the head of the club. Ah, oh, okay. Sure. You know, like in my periphery. It was almost like I was at the point, like, are you coming? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> While I was swinging. So uh, maybe a club issue, probably my fault. First time out, it was not fantastic on the course. For those that maybe were wondering, uh, the road to the ACC Championship, the, uh, the American Century Championship, there Lake is. Tahoe Celebrity Invitational Championship Circle <laughs> is going to be a long one. I'm not even invited to this tournament, but I'm trying to become a good enough player where I could potentially win it. If anything of this golf season is reminiscent of what happened yesterday on the golf course, if mm-hmm. we don't turn this, that was the first time out. First time yeah. out. first time swinging the driver by the way we got to be a bit more successful so i can get the driver in the backyard (laughs) okay okay because in the backyard can't use the driver right Okay, we got to get a little bit more successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to continue to do good things. Mm-hmm. We got to hope to maybe hit a scratch off or two. Yep. Maybe, you win. Hey, mate, maybe win. Hey, why not Powerball? Maybe win Powerball. Something like We got to do something like that so I can work the driver in the offseason in the backyard. Yep. The driver was all over the place. The putter stunk and the clubs were terrible. So yesterday almost made me never want to play golf again. <laughs> but hey, you'll turn it around. I'll tell you, there wasn't one fucking shot. There wasn't one of them. Really? Three. What about that one? I mean, that, I bombed that ball. Yeah, 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 Are you kidding me? <laughs> Great try. Are that you ball, kidding that me? That ball got slaughtered. One straight, two. This was hole three, dude. Okay? <laughs> there was four to five more holes on top of this thing that were just terrible, terrible, lost ball. See you later. House in a garage. I hit a ball one time. Okay. Across the street in a garage of somebody's house. You're being too hard on yourself. Foxy. was bad. All right, first off, first time out. Second off, we didn't have access to a 1,000 milligrams of vitamins yeah you're right which is what you need you're in. right i can't golf in indiana no can't do it can only golf in certain states new mm-hmm. york yep okay congrats they're on, on the list can golf the hell out of michigan oh yeah oh yeah
2: massachusetts
0: massachusetts colorado, colorado.
2: Yeah, a hell of a
3: golfer in canada Bad.
2: oh canada i'm fucking
3: probably
0: yeah.
2: scratch right now at least <laughs> california i mean that's why tahoe was made for
0: you yeah but is, is that in california Oh, yeah. Really? Oh,
3: yeah. No, it's in Nevada. I
0: think. Yeah. That's not Nevada. Nevada has... Too, I think yeah, Nevada. It's the back nine. There I Nevada. the back nine, you're good. Not that I need it. <laughs> no, not that I No, need no, no. Or I would take it, but what I'm saying is I think Nevada is pretty loose with the marijuana rules. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, golf season opened terribly. For me, it was an expensive one. I had... But they just... They told me they'll just charge me later for everything I did yesterday. <laughs> Bought a hat. Is that right? Bought oh, a box of balls. Jeez. Had a, had Foxy and Brown with me, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just charge you later or whatever."
3: Just add it to your monthly tab. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have a
0: thousand more dollars to go. <laughs> I would assume I yeah, have to. Yeah, it. they're they're. they're <laughs> yeah, I got a pro God, shop. Man. And I didn't even <laughs> know this course existed. This is. I've been a member for 13 months. And Foxy and Brown are looking at me like, "What's this whole dude?" I'm like, "Bro, I fucking." <laughs>
1: And they don't <laughs> have, they, they
0: don't have like a, uh, they, they don't have, Layout. A, they don't have the carts with the fuck we need. I almost want to make it, I almost want to make it like a donation. Like, Hey, Ooh. we need the carts with yeah. the goddamn, like, what have you been using my membership for? Yeah. Yeah. We need the carts with the goddamn uh, GPS on it. Mm-hmm. Need that. Do you like, get some fillets on the course at least? No, there was no, there was no, no car no no service. No service out there either. No. I mean, it was a beautiful course. Gorgeous. But well, yeah. we can make some upgrades. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not listening. That was not me. That was the opinions, (laughs) the opinions of Foxy. Because I do think a couple, a couple people potentially in the clubhouse listened to the show. (laughs) Totally, no, great, great course. But the, the fact that there isn't a GPS on that golf cart was. Because I see I finally found out how much I paid for this, right? Whenever yeah. the email that was linked to that account was not one that's on my phone, so it might as well not be in my life. CFO Phil said, Hey, have you seen <laughs> what you're what you're doing at this thing? I'm like, No. He's like, Well, we gotta pay it first of all. Eighty this... five hundred bucks a week. I'm like, what are we? And <laughs> I've got well, so, so now I need to get back out there. Like I need to start using this. I think we need the golf court yeah. with the GPS. I, I have a question for you over here, too. Go ahead, Zito. what's uh, up? Pal? Is it because you're wearing shoes? Now, by the way, I've made a decision. I think I'm gonna start wearing shoes when I golf. Oh, okay. Every time I've seen you like golf under like a forty, it's always been without shoes. Yeah, I understand that, but the thing about it is, I've been doing a little dirty feet. No, well, dirty feet happen. Swollen feet happen too. And I mean, the one the, the one time in Arkansas, whenever we golfed on John Daly's private golf public his public golf course mm-hmm. in Arkansas, which is his backyard, yeah, they had. Uh, they had stickers. And stickers oh, okay. will get you. They stickers yeah. will get you. And I did not know They'll that. So, we were you. about whole, I don't know, eight or nines on, like, the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. So, you're like, <laughs> maybe... Me- I don't know, 2,000 feet altitude or whatever, mm-hmm. and I had no shoes anywhere near me, and I'm just walking on this mountain, and I'm just getting stabbed. I couldn't put my shoes on afterwards. My Jeez. feet were so swollen, mm-hmm. my feet couldn't get into my shoes, so I had to wear flippy floppies. But that did not deter me. I, I still continued to play barefoot because I felt like you should at least feel Mother Earth mm-hmm. while you're yeah. hacking the shit sure. out of her. But what I found out is from watching, like, the golf fix and such, mm-hmm. There is like grip things. Oh yeah! Where if I really uh-huh. want to get like, yeah. like if I want to get good at golf, I'm gonna have to start digging in. And everybody on the internet always comes after my hip rotation or whatever. Jesus! Like, hey, listen, I want to let you know, I'm moving from here to here. Still, mm-hmm. know that that's enough for me. I don't need that thing. That, I'm not. I'm not built for a long spinning turn. I'm oh, built for yeah. a quick. Burst! Boom! Yeah, That's how do I shot, do it.
2: See you. That's ah!
0: That's literally how I do it. I feel like the hips are in. I just need the feet to get in there. Need new clubs, and then golf season's gonna be around. Foxy's playing pretty good golf right now. Huh? Oh
2: Man. yeah! It looked like he hit a pin seeker on uh, that par three you guys were on. Yeah, huh? he
0: almost pl- he almost literally hold one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he awesome. plays
2: like an eighty five year old. correct. Isn't that the? Yeah, uh, but this course by the way oh, kind of set shop. up for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, very short and okay. narrow. That's
0: my bread Bro, and butter every time. There was a fucking hole there that maybe had a. 20 yard maybe 15 yard like hole like yeah, it was kind of like a funnel mm-hmm. to get to the fairway or whatever line of trees on both sides yeah. so it's like okay what do we, do i take out a seven iron here mm-hmm. and just kind of hit the field goal or do i bring out the driver obviously bring out the driver i lost Three balls, I think, on that, yeah, that one. Okay. On that one. Yeah, I think I Boom. Yeah. Left, because there's one that was going to fade back. Probably mm-hmm. would have made it in there. Bang into that side. Then a draw happened. Ooh. Like, oh, this is awesome. Bang off of that side. <laughs> I mean, it was just a fucking nightmare yesterday out there. That's was- golf. Does Hoka make a golf shoe? Yeah, you know what I mean? These Hokas right now. <laughs> let them know. <laughs> Hook into the earth that way. All right, let's get some sports <laughs> stuff here. Uh, we have a, a graphic designer that joined our team. At Bubba Gumpino is here. At Boston Connors here. Ty Schmidt is here. Viva Lizito is here. The boys behind the glass, we appreciate that. Tone Diggs is launching the daily Hammer Down live show today at 4 p.m. on the Hammer Don YouTube. It'll be a gambling show daily that Tone Diggs will host. Gumpy will be in there, I think, daily. We are also trying to bring in more people to be a part of that show. Uh, Diggs is. Diggs is going to try to make that thing great. He could potentially be exhausted from that he show. Could right? mm-hmm. He and could well, be. We'll see how this thing... We'll kind of feel it as we go here. But it'll be live 4 o'clock today. Every day starting going forward. Congrats to Diggs on that. Hey, podcast. baby Diggs! Excited oh, to oh, cool. so see how you do on that, Diggs. I think it'll be great. Uh, we have tried to make a couple acquisitions for that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah? For oh, that yeah. show. It's going to be tough, I think. Really. Everybody right now seems to be... Long-term deals. Yeah, everybody's locked in. And <laughs> yeah doesn't matter. We don't need them. Nope. I, don't need, nope. I mean, it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Let's move on. It's on. Good luck, Diggs. We're proud of you. Hammerdown should be great. Um, we have a new employee, and we announced this last week. Drawn to the game is one of his popular Instagram pages. His name is Mike Gurdy. Okay? He is now in the office for the first time because he was in Virginia. Obviously had to go through the COVID stuff, travels out here. We just see him now in person. Hey, Dirty Gertie, handsome-ass dude. Dirty Gertie, Gertie, Gertie. handsome-ass guy. came in the office this morning. We got a chance to watch him work for the first time. He made a graphic that beautifully illustrates a point that we have been making for a long time. Whenever we talk about the Green Bay Packers not drafting a weapon for Aaron Rodgers or bringing in a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, there are some people that go like, oh, you don't believe in Devontae Adams? You don't believe in Big Bob Tunyon, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon? It's like, no, 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 we do Mm -hmm. in MVS. Like, we do. And then some people get a little bit upset Whenever you assume that you have to load up on weapons to be a good team, and they're like, that's not how you have to do it. I hate to break it to people. Saban said this last week in an interview. He said, I used to think you have good defense, run the ball well, and you uh, control field position on special teams, you can win games. He then said, if you believe that now, you're you're an idiot, basically. Yeah. That is not what football is anymore. Football is you got to move, you got to be fast, you got to be able to score, and everything like that. In this graphic that Gertie put together for us today? Weapons of mass devastation in the AFC and NFC Kings. When you look at the offensive weapons for the Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, and these are, by the way, This is not just us saying like, oh, hey, here's the best weapons in the NFL. What we're telling you is here's the AFC champion, here's the NFC champion. Here are the two best teams in their respected conferences, and these are the teams that everybody else is trying to get. And these are the teams, by the way, that have been able to keep all these motherfucking talented people Mm -hmm. in their building. Now, I know there's old school people that think you don't need all those. I think we are in a league right now where you need to have your weapons. You look at the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady gave an interview with Michael Strahan this morning. That was awesome. It was on Good Morning America. Tom Brady's getting into the NFT game, He, uh, as are the Manning brothers. Mm-hmm. The, these two, uh, Tom Brady and the Manning brothers getting into the NFT game, comes I don't know, a couple months after we got into the NFT game. Interesting. Right. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, obviously we released one. Uh, yep. We had a commentator on there and mm-hmm. everything. But Tom Brady's interview with Michael Strahan, anytime you get a chance to hear somebody who's the greatest of all time, especially if he's the greatest of all time in a league that is the biggest league on earth, you should listen. Okay, you should just, I I, I just feel like that's something, and maybe sports have taught me that where if you see somebody that's successful, it's like, okay, let me go, let me see what the fuck this guy's doing, let me see why he's successful, and then I'm going to do my thing. And in the NFL, they say, "Hey, if you see a vet in your position, go and be in his back pocket because something he did has gotten him to this place." So if you take that same concept and you apply it to just life in general, when you hear Tom Brady speak, you should listen and just be like, "Okay, what am I potentially going to get out of this?" When he talked to Howard Stern and he did that hour and a half conversation or whatever with Howard Stern, and this was immediately following him leaving uh, New England, there were some things he said in there where I felt like I was like, "I." I got better as a person in there because whenever the 28-3 game was mentioned he was like i had to figure out a way to reframe it in my mind as if so he was like so everything in his is like how do i reframe this situation in my head so it doesn't beat me but i make the best of it because tom brady is the most competitive human walking anybody that's ever been around him says he's a great teammate most competitive guy ever so whenever he drops little tidbits of that you're like okay so that's how the fucking goat that's how that person does it Today, whenever he talked to Strahan, there were some things he said that were very interesting. Oh, yeah. He talked about the chips on his shoulder and how when he went down to Tampa and people said he wasn't good to work, it's uh, something that motivated him. And, you know, now the debate is across the sports debate shows is uh, is it good that he's still motivated by chips on his shoulder or whatever? He said, I was always kind of motivated by people that say you can't do it, you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, not big enough. And that's an uh, exclusive with Michael Strahan on Good Morning America. Tom Brady said that exact quote and now the conversation is is it good that he stays motivated with this it's like hey everybody at the top of most of their fields whenever they lay their head down at night or whatever quietly they hear what everybody says they see what everybody says and there is something inside of them that is like oh can't wait for when that motherfucker has to eat that like i I cannot wait now There will never be a moment where Tom Brady will see some random Twitter person or some random show host in person. He goes, hey, you remember when you said Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it and I did it. It's not that. It's just the satisfaction of knowing when it happens. Like, okay, that guy's a stooge. Uh, That person's a fucking stooge. You can eat it. Okay, you said I couldn't. I did. And there's always going to be that. I think Drew Brees told us that last year mm-hmm. on Radio Road down there at the Super Bowl. He was like, do, I was like, do you hear what people say? Some people have said it on this table. Like, do you hear that? He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'll take all of that. Like, everybody does that. The thing he said this morning, though, that's captivating everybody is after 20 years of doing something and having a lot of success doing it, you kind of get locked in. He said the, the fascinating thing about going down to Tampa is – Hey, there's another way of doing things. And that other way of doing things, by the way, is the Bruce Arians way of doing things. And what Tom Brady said about Bruce Arians was he's a great motivator. He's got a great feel for the team, a great pulse for what's going on in the locker room, great intuition, great evaluation of talent. And when you're in one place for 20 years, you think that's the only way. And I think when you go to a different place, you realize, wow, there's another way that people do things. So automatically that goes, wow, he just very oh yeah, I don't think that's the case at all. I think this is the classic, hey, there's two different ways to do things. I think if you've had a chance to be in a team that was led by a, you know, like a hard nose, no bullshit, we're here strictly for business coach, and then you're also on a player coach team, you can very see how there are different ways to be successful, but for a long time, the narrative was you can't be on a player-friendly co- player coach team and have success. Pete Carroll flipped that around a little bit, but now, I mean, uh-oh, uh-oh. no, but Pete Carroll flipped that around. Obviously, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, Andy Reid over at the Chiefs. I mean, now it's a whole new era, but I think also Tom Brady realizing that a different way to do things, not just personally and how you act and everything like that but also like the way this team was constructed. It's like, hey, we, were, we put together an absolute arsenal of people on this team. Kansas City Chiefs are doing it. I think if you're looking at your team and you're wondering if they're going to be good or not, just look directly at their weapons. Now, you have to have a quarterback. You have to have a defense that's worth a fuck, but look directly at their weapons, and if it's deep, they're probably going to have a chance because injuries are going to come uh, at some of those positions, and if you can just fill in place and still move the ball and still score points – you're in a beautiful fucking spot.
2: Obviously, we don't think he buried the Patriots, but him saying great evaluator of talent, and then when you look back at, you know, the New England wide receivers drafted from 2010 to 2019, you could think, hey, maybe he is talking about Bill isn't the greatest, you know, offensive mind when it comes to seeing draft picks, wide receivers, especially Nikhil Harry. You know, we can go down the line, Aaron Dobson, Campbell Tompkins, who is, you know, in in a sticky situation right now, but you you could see how people are you know directing. Hey, he's just burying New England. Yeah, right and here.
0: everything he said in that Howard Stern interview, they said, oh, he's burying Bill, he's yeah, burying mm-hmm. Bill, and I assume that's how it's going to be forever. But maybe Tom's just like. No, this is how I'm viewing. I don't have to bury somebody else to lift somebody up. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of have that problem in society. Mm-hmm. Whenever you compliment one person, it means you're shitting on everybody else. Charles Davis alluded to that yesterday. He was like, Daniel Jeremiah, who, in my opinion, is the best draft evaluator that there is. And he was like, now I have to say, I do work directly next to him. So in my opinion is biased. But that is kind of how everybody, oh, you you think... You think um, Mel Kuyper stinks? Is that Oh, you think Todd McShay? Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm just letting you know what I think about this person. This person is unbelievable what they do. I think Tom is talking directly about Bruce Arians, yeah. but I don't think he's trying to bury Bill, but everybody's going to take it that way. Let's talk about a world champion. Let's talk about a man from Miami who's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Levante David. Yeah.
3: What's up, dude? What up, what up, what up? How y'all doing? Hey,
0: we're great. How are you, man?
1: I'm great, man. I can't complain at all.
0: Hey, good for you. World champion. How's it feel? You were down in Tampa a long time. Now all of a sudden you're a world champion. It looks like you guys might, you know, go for two, go for three down there. How's it feel to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Levante David?
3: Glory to God, man. Glory to God. You know, uh first for eight years of my career, man, has been real skeptical, you know, but Now we was able to turn things around, man, get to where I always thought we would get to. And uh, finally become myself a Super Bowl champion after all those, you know, hard seasons or whatever. uh, Feel really good, man
0: well it's not just those hard seasons by the way you get back to high school those early morning workouts college whenever you're you know basically getting mvp in every game you play and juco it's just like all those things you're hoping to one day be a world champion plus the eight years in tampa now you are i hope you've enjoyed it it looked like your entire team did on those boats huh you guys had a good time out on those boats levante
3: yeah Yeah, it was a great time one of the first times i've ever been part of something like that you know uh they got the idea from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh we followed suit, man. They, we see why they did it, man. It was real fun, man. Everybody was just being themselves. Everybody was out there having fun, man. And the city, the city of Tampa, definitely enjoyed it, and uh, it was very fun to see everybody come out and support us. See, normally those
0: Super Bowl celebrations are so big and so important because that's the last time that team is going to be together because in the NFL, teams turn over. I mean, what what the Chiefs were able to do after winning the Super Bowl last year with keeping a, a large majority of their players in the house, including the bottom half of their roster, that's not normal. You guys followed suit, were able to basically keep everybody In Tampa, whenever you think about the thoughts of this could be a dynasty like run here, Levante, that has to be pretty exciting. Did Bruce tell the team like, hey, we're going to keep this band together? he, He said that in the celebration. But has that been something you think that was a priority down there, even as the playoff run was going? Or did you expect potentially people to leave after you guys won?
3: Now, I, I felt like that was the plan all along. I felt like those guys, you know, got together and said, you know, they they saw how everybody bonded with each other, how everybody got along with each other, and I felt like that was something they wanted to do, and uh, and for, for 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 them to keep everybody intact, man, it's really huge because it's definitely some guys who, you know, definitely was deserving of of the bag, you may say, you know. So we was able to, uh, you know, they was able to get it, get everything worked out, man, and get everybody back. Like I said, it's real rare, man, but. Everybody wanted to be back. That was the main thing. That's where it all starts. Everybody got to want to be back. I mean, you obviously, we were in the Super Bowl. That's going to happen. Everybody going to want to come back. So, he was able to work out the numbers and get guys back, man. And um, Hats off to those guys in the organization, man. Hats off to B.A. for wanting everybody back. And hats off to Jason and Mike Greenberg for getting the job done.
0: Mike Greenberg, by the way. this We've just learned of him. Mike Greenberg, by the way, for a long time in everybody's yeah. life was Mike and Mike. Yeah. Then get up. But now yeah. the Mike Greenberg that is potentially going to be studied for years to come is the salary cap guru basically down there in Tampa who is figuring out how to keep everybody in there. There's voidable years. There's uh, salaries being moved. There's this happening. This less money. It is really intriguing what's going on. It's going to set the tone going forward. Uh, enough contract talk. Let's talk about Bruce Arians. As soon as he gets in the building, what immediate changes. Now, it's not just him. There's a lot of other old-ass coaches that have been floating around with B.A. for a long time that get yeah. down in there. What was your first, like, you know, when you noticed that crew got in there, it was like, okay, this is going to be different maybe than what it was in the past. What has Bruce kind of done to that Tampa Bay Buccaneer squad, do you think?
3: I mean, yeah, man. Uh, when I first talked to Bruce, he called me on the phone after he got the job. You know, uh, he, he, he already viewed me as a leader. and He, he, he already watched me, you know, throughout the league. and said, you know, I was a great football player. So he reached out to me, you know, and told me, you know, things are going to change and it's got to change with leadership. And uh, it got to be a culture change. And we're going to get the right guys in, the right people in the organization to make that happen. And uh, he definitely did that, man. He uh, made us a, a tough football team. You uh, know, he put a lot of playmakers out there. And uh, he built through the draft and, and kind of built through, you know, free agency getting guys in and uh, kind of working with where he already had, and then adding more pieces because he already knew he was a talented football team. You know, he wouldn't take the t- job, but if he didn't, we we have no talent. So um, for him to come in and, uh, you know, just uh, changed the program around and uh, changed the culture of the program and in uh, two years. uh it was really, you know, impressive to see. I mean, B.A. is a respectful guy, man. Everybody respect him. All the simple fact that he's he's real. You know, he's a real coach. He's genuine. And um, he's straightforward with you. And um, with him, man, you know, a lot of people always say this, but some really don't mean it. But he has a real open-door policy. If you want to come in and talk to him is whatever, uh, if you want to hit him up on the phone, he'll answer and, uh, uh, you know, tell you how it is, you know, tell him what he thinking, tell you what he thinking and uh, how to kind of get your mindset of how, you know, to uh, help uh, get the team uh, on the same page and stuff like that. So it was real cool man, to be, a, be around a guy like that. And, man, he got the great staff apart, uh, great staff around him to kind of, like, help him out. And, um, you know, it's really it – it's very different from what I experienced in the past.
0: Yeah, me too. Whenever he took over the year whenever Chuck Pagano was diagnosed with leukemia and he had to go to the hospital, just four weeks into a new stint, BA like the, became like the interim head coach or whatever. In his transparency, in his genuineness, yeah. like in his authenticity, it was like, uh, the way he would talk, he would talk shit, he would respond, yeah. he would be emotional, he would be, like, it was like, he was one of us almost, you know? It yeah. felt like he was like one of us. It was the first time I felt as if like, okay, he's like a player almost. He, he wants to talk shit and win. Just as bad as we do, and it was like, okay, I, immediate respect there. Uh, that's why I thought when he went on TV, it wasn't going to be great because his first week he goes, "Oh, that guy wide ass open while he's running yeah. over here," and it was like, uh, it was a good clip, and everybody was like, and CBS was like, "Hey, you can't do that anymore." I was like, well, you just, you literally just got rid of why Bruce. Is Bruce, you know what I mean? So, and then when Bruce brings in, you know, like Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator. I mean, the the defense early, whenever he gets there, not great, end of season gets very good that first year. Then last year, that defense, a couple injuries happened, but whenever you guys got back, it Mm -hmm. felt like the defense was a team that could go on a run. And obviously, you guys did, but talk about Todd. Talk about the defense. You got everybody back somehow on that defensive side of the ball. Feels like you're only going to get better. Devin White's riding his horse on the fucking stadium field. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot going on down there. You have to feel really juiced about what's going on defensive side
3: as well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, when I first talked talk, talk to Todd Bowles, man, he reached out to me. You know, uh, he said, you know, uh, I know you played a 4-3 your whole life, man, but you know, we're going to change some things. You're going to switch it up, but you're going you're gonna to feel comfortable with it. You know, me, obviously playing in a 4-3 defense my whole entire like, whole entire career, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how fitness is going to change and things like that, but you know, after playing it that first year, I'm like, man, I don't want to go back to a four-three. I want to stand the uh, stand three-four style defense. And uh, the way he does things, man, he sets guys up to make plays. Man, he gives guys uh, freedom to uh, do what they need to do to make plays. And um, he's definitely uh, one of those coaches too who's very transparent, man. Uh, if you got a problem with something, he'll come in. You know, he he he's open to you talking to him how you could change it, or whatever, to make it help everybody else because. He he understands it. He gets it. You know he played defense, so he gets it. He know that you know this might be a hard thing for you to do. So let me switch it up and make it easier for not just you, but for everybody around that's on the field. And um, that's something that you know he uh, takes pride in. And um, uh, I feel like that's why a lot of guys play hard for him, man, because he's he's real. Uh, he's fun to play with, man. You know he's always on the sideline. He look like he always got that serious serious face on, but he's always joking around. He likes to play around too. He's real competitive. You know, when we go against the offense, you know, he give us that that competitive nature, man. Like, he he, <laughs> he want to dominate our offense just like how he want to dominate other offenses on the field. So, it's real competitive, man, throughout the whole year, man. He's definitely somebody that, uh, that is fun to play with.
0: Levante, play let's talk about – let's say you said real competitive and everything like that. Let's talk about when Tom Brady comes into the building, okay? Yeah. And I was – you know, I, I say stupid things into a microphone on a daily basis, try to cover the daily happenings in the sports world. When Tom Brady was a free agent, I was like, okay, so every team should be calling Tom Brady to get him in there. Strictly because I was very lucky to be on a team where Peyton Manning was. I was very lucky okay. to be on a team where Andrew Luck was. It was like, when you have a guy, like a guy got, like it is, every the trainers are better, the equipment managers are better, the chefs yeah. are better, everybody's better because it's like, okay, we got a dude. When Tom gets in there, what is it like immediately do, do you see a a raise or a heightened accountability by people what was it like the as soon as he got in that building
3: hey it's, a, it's exactly what you said man. everything has changed everything has changed everything is basically based on the players man everything is based and fit on the players you know with Tom's in, you feel like man this gotta be done perfect some food gotta be perfect strength style gotta be perfect the nutrition style gotta be perfect the, uh man, whatever it is, the sports science guys got to be perfect, man. Like, everybody was just on point, man. It, just, it was a different field, different, definitely a different field, man. But Tom is just a real genuine guy, man. He's a great guy to be around too, as well. He's uh, always smiling. He loves, he loves the game of football. He loves just being around the guy. And um, one thing I do respect about Tom, man, I do respect about Tom, is, like, first thing he said, man, like, I'm coming to you guys' locker room. I mean, don't look at me no different. You know, I'm coming to you guys locker room, coming to earn you guys' respect. And um uh he just said, Man, don't treat him no different. And uh just you know, treat him just like one of the guys. You know, crack jokes with me, you know, talk BS with me, you know, uh, talk trash to me when you're on the field. You know, it's just gonna be like just treat me like one of the fellas, man. Um, that's all that's all I ask for you guys and I'm gonna go out there and put my best foot forward and uh you can see why he's one of the greatest of all time.
0: How about him like at this point, Tom, I assume everywhere he goes, people are like, oh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. He comes to a team, and he's like, listen, I need you to talk shit to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. – uh, this is what I'm going to need. All right, I can't yeah. take I, – I, this is what I have to have, yeah. so let's just get this out there. You might yeah. feel a certain way. I understand. who. I, I need yeah. you to be a human towards me because if not, it won't work. Connor, what do you have?
2: Yeah, Levante, uh, we had Vita Vey on, and he gave us a little tidbit about uh, the team, or him at least, calling in Don Kansu, uh What's his name? Big girl.
0: What's his yeah. name? What was his name? What was his actual well, name though? Well, you know, weird.
2: I was just gonna say Sue, but I figured I'd try and you know sneak it in there. Yeah, okay,
3: uh, did you ever partake in calling Sue Big Girl? Uh, I never called Sue Big Girl, but I did used to call it's a crazy guy because I used to call Vita Big Girl, so he, call, <laughs> <laughs> so he just he got yeah, a, yeah. So it was like it was a teammate of mine, uh, named uh, Dana a couple years ago, he used to call uh, Donovan Smith big girl, and then I started calling, calling Donovan big girl, and I called Vita big girl, and I Vita called Sue big girl, so it's a uh, transpiring thing that's happening, you know, so but they got it, they took it and ran with it though, they it's kind of like they thing now, I guess
0: Listen, your words and other people's words, not mine, the two big girls you got on defensive line adding in there with Shaq, and you, and then, I mean it is, the defense is scary yeah. it is a scary sight, and then Dominic and Sue came out and said uh, which Vita Vea calls Uh, him, big girl, we do not. No, We would never in a million do. He came out and said "Like, hey, whatever the team needs, basically. He's at the point of his career, I think, where he was the highest paid player in the NFL at one point whenever he went to Miami, I think, out of Detroit. He's made a lot of money. Now he's a Super Bowl champion. I assume more Super Bowl championship rings for him the better, but what is he like? Because there for a long time, I think he kind of disappeared off the radar when he went to Miami. I think people stopped talking about him. But there was a time there where like this is the most dominant force in football ball with Dominique Sue. Last year, especially towards the end during the playoffs, we saw some Sue moments that were stupid alongside when Vita Vega got back. That D-line in there, those the big guys, your guys called big girls, they eat in there. That, that it's a real thing.
3: Yeah, for real. I mean, like you said, man, like I, at the beginning when you said, you know, Sue said whatever he needs for whatever the team needs, you know. That's the type of team that we have now, man. Everybody just sacrifice and do what they have to do for the better part of the team. And then it all starts with B.A. I feel like he set that culture up and it was just trickling down to guys. You got a guy like Sue who had all the success he had in the league. Come out and, you know, and say that, you know, uh, means a lot. And then, um, like you said, man, I've been fortunate enough to play behind two, you know, two of the great, great uh, three techniques in the game, and uh, Jerry McCoy and then uh, Duncan Sue. So, uh, you know, it's definitely fun uh, playing around behind uh, him and Vita, the man like – Hey, you gotta account for those guys. There's no way that you could just pass those guys up. You gotta be two guys, man, that to to, to to take take on both of them to help guys like me and Devin fly around and run free. And then you got Will Ghost and you got Shaq and JPP, who is dominant dominant in their own rights. So uh, it's definitely uh one of the most uh. uh Scary front seven that I've been a part of. So yeah, I'd say. You know. <laughs> yeah your front seven—I
0: think it was ranked the best in the league. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's only going to get better as you guys continue to grow together. We talked to Clyde Christensen. Do you know who Clyde Christensen? Is yeah. yeah, my coach. He's a cool dude, man. Hey, he's, yeah, he's—I don't know if you uh, know him well enough. He is a—you should get to know him. He is a great dude. He came on though. And I think it's just because he doesn't like going home ever, you know. But he was like, <laughs> it, "I I really wish, right? Like, I wish we had right, right, like eight more weeks. I feel I, like I know the Super Bowl is this week, but it feels like our team. If we had eight more weeks, we would be even better, right? 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 Like we're starting to gel. Right? Like we're starting to we're starting to come together. But it, do you all feel that way? Like you guys feel sure. as if like that Super Bowl game, you looked. I mean, everything. It was yeah. just dominant. You guys yeah. feel like that is what is. you, you guys feel like you're just. Not even close to your max right now, huh?
3: Yeah, it still wasn't even our best game. Um, you know, that's the bad part about it, it wasn't our best game. And uh, you know, like Clyde said, man, we felt like it was everything was just going rising. Man, everybody just getting better and better. People understanding better. And um, you know, I mean. I don't know about it. I can't, could have been eight more weeks. I don't know about that. I was ready to be. I was ready for the season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, but, hey! 17 <laughs> games next year. 17 yeah. games next year. Does that change anything for you? Going on, what, year 9, year 10 at this point?
3: Year 10, man. Um, hopefully, man, the coaching staff does a great job of just taking care of guys who need to be taken care of, man, and make sure everybody's... Uh, Make sure everybody's ready, you know, week in and week out. I mean, for me personally, man, I love the game of football. I mean, it adds another game to go out there and play the game that I love. But at the same time, you got you to think about how draining it can be, you know, mentally and obviously physically. So hopefully, you know, people have things in place where they can take care of the guys to help them last that long.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. And it, as a fan and as a media member now, like, we love it. Like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, make those guys. Okay, let's spread this thing out over 12 months. Let's mm-hmm. give him 14 bye weeks. Let's do, let's go ahead and have 75 games. Okay. Let's go. Let's do this thing. But it's just not realistic, especially because towards the end of the season, there's a lot of guys crawling to the finish line because of nagging injuries. Mentally, as well, you brought that up. That never gets talked about. It's always like the physical aspect. It's like mentally, too, there's a lot going on there. Last question for you here before we let you go. Can't thank you enough for your time, by the way. We really appreciate this. Um, what is it about South Florida boys, dude? Like what is it? Why 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 is Miami in South Florida just this haven of NFL guys? It feels like at this, it used to be, okay, Pennsylvania, yep. Ohio, Texas was big, California was big. There's been a couple of states, but it feels like South Florida in particular, is really trying to change the game completely? Is it, the, is it just like everybody loves football down there? Do you start as soon as you're – Clint Session, uh, who is one of my teammates, he said whenever he was like, I forget, maybe 12 or 13 or something, he was in between buildings in the neighborhood, uh, full pads on with the entire neighborhood, and they were doing – he was doing full Oklahoma drills. as wow. like a 12-year-old in front of the entire hood, basically. Is that just how it is? Like, hey, we play football down here? Is that why?
3: It, it's definitely how it is man a lot of guys start football when they about five or six years old and then you got guys from different neighborhoods man that you grew up around that you compete with you know uh not with organized football but just street football you compete with them Then when you finally play organized football you get your pads and then they get their pads and you battle you battle it out you know uh, you just go out there like you said you do you call the hamburger drills you know i had a friend who stayed down the street from me who played for one part and I paid for the other part. It was like, man, when you get your pads, we're going to do hamburger hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that just how it was, man, at a young age, man. Everything is just real competitive, man. And, uh, like people say, man, we just we just built different. I, I would say, man, everybody down here, man, you get, once you get in the game of football down here, man, you just compete. Hey. And uh hey. just go –
0: Hey, is this narrative absolute bullshit? I'm assuming the answer is yes, and science has proven this. But you know what they say? South Florida boys can't play in the cold. Can't play in the
3: cold. (laughs) Can't play in the cold. Too warm down there. Mm -hmm. Can't play in the cold. I mean... Nah, I mean, we don't like cold, but it's football, <laughs> it's, it's, it's football being played. We're going to ball out, man. We're going to find a way to stay warm in the ball.
0: You got to do what you got to do. Uh, congrats on the Super Bowl. Congrats on a hell of a career thus far. Can't wait to see what you do. Uh, we appreciate your time immensely, Levante. Appreciate you, Pat. As always, man. Thank you. Hey, listen, hamburger drills. Uh huh. <laughs> get them going. You know what I mean? Week 17, week 18. Let's get some hamburger drills, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Levante David, thank you. Hey, People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No,
2: 30.
0: Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. In the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can a, get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those problems yeah. where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay? <laughs> Their supplement contains vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? mica, what? and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else to learn more about these incredible ingredients visit GetRoman.com Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two day shipping when you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA get $15 off your first order plus free two day shipping that's GetRoman G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N dot com forward slash USA that's good news let's try that stuff okay I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good Mm news. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, you Roman. Thank you, Roman. Join us now, ladies and gentlemen, head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels football squad, ladies and gentlemen, Lane Kiffin.
4: How you doing, Lane? Great, Pat. Good to be back.
0: Hey, it's great to have you. You know, the last time we talked and then I watched the season, I'm like, you know, I cannot wait to talk to that guy. What a moment you had running down the field, throwing the fucking play card. Did you enjoy the year? How was the year as a whole? Because going into the season, I remember you thought there was, you know, some question marks on how everything was going to go. Did you enjoy it? How do you feel here one year after the COVID season?
4: I did. Um, You know, it was very strange, obviously, not having spring practice as a first year staff and. I had no idea what to expect, and you're playing an all-SEC schedule on top of that. So um, there were some exciting times. Um, we screwed up some games, you know, that really should have won, you know, at the end of the game. And so those kind of haunt you through the off season because, you know, people are excited here that we won, a, won the Outback Bowl and, you know, won some SEC games and played a lot of really close games, but really we had a great opportunity to really knock some people off and, and screw it up. So. That's why we got to get better the year two.
0: How was it getting back in the SEC? I, I heard you say that like in all SEC schedule, it was made that way because COVID. But you are back in the SEC now full time. How is it back in there? And did you miss? I guess you can't really tell because the fans weren't really there. But did you miss SEC football?
4: Um, well, it kind of felt like Conference USA actually. So <laughs> I had practice at that. Um, so. <clears throat> You know, but the the players were different, obviously. So, you know, coming back to the SEC, they're just, you know, no matter who you're playing, I've always said, especially, you know, it used to be defensively, now it's both sides, there's always just dominant players that you got a game plan for um, on all teams in the SEC. So, um, coming back to that, you know, um, is exciting. And you got great coaches. And especially, you know, right now, as you look at coaches around the conference, you got, legendary coaches in this conference you know number of guys that have won national championships I think last year there were four of them that have won national championships so um you know it's why it's the highest level and and SEC has been that way for a long time but I think now it's really you know it's really pulled away and I'm sure you'll see it again in this draft just like a number of the last drafts there's just such a difference especially last year just felt like anytime you'd watch some other football it was just like a different different division almost.
0: Yeah, different speed almost is kind of what you see out there and uh, we're talking to legendary coach Lane Kiffin back at Ole Miss, head coach down there after leaving the SEC for a bit. Now I want to talk to you at some point eventually about the transition from going from college quarterback to NFL quarterback because you've coached both levels very highly and why some guys just won't pan out. But before I get to that I have to ask you about Saban last week I think. He talked about how he used to believe, hey we need to run the we need defense we need special teams he said if you feel that way now though basically you're an idiot like the game has changed completely you've always been an offensive minded guy how do you feel about the way the game is going where the game is going and do you think this is going to continue or do you think that old school smash mouth football is going to return at
4: some point well i think in order to succeed you got to get out of you know liking or disliking where it's going and realizing that's where it is you know and so Better get with the times. We've said that for a long time. We've seen coaches that have been stubborn and tried to stay in their ways, especially offensively, and um, you know, cost them their jobs. So it's totally changed. Um, And now defenses, I think defenses are catching up, even though you don't see it maybe with the scores, but just the way they play, players, and, and people aren't running running all over trying to get lined up. They've kind of figured out. I think some teams have. All right, you know, just to line up. Play field and boundary players, and and not try to have all the rules you used to have because, you know, you just see teams go fast and people really struggle with that and guys just wide open all over the field.
0: Whenever the NFL corners in secondary talk this year a lot of the safeties and corners they said that the younger guys were actually the hardest to cover like the the young wide receivers for whatever reason this last draft class i'd assume it's going to happen going forward do you think that the wide receivers because of the way the offenses are in college right now are much more nfl ready especially because you've been in the nfl now and do you think that's just a trend that's going to continue
4: um, I've not thought of it that way. I just think, you know, there happened to be some really, really good young ones um, last year. And now again, in this class coming up um, that are able to make the transition. And so I don't know that it's necessarily the offenses, you know, because there used to be a lot more pro style offenses, you know, that were in college. Just like we used to be and, and getting guys, you know, more, you know, prepared to do exactly what they're going to do at the next level. Now we've, we've moved a little bit from that Still have elements. But um, I'm not really sure of
0: that. How do you feel about the pro-style quarterback, Uh, you know, the guys that are pocket passers? That's a highly sought-after conversation right now because, obviously, the Mac Jones convo with Justin Fields, the Trey Lance out there, and Trevor can run. Everybody seems to be able to. How do you feel about the future of, like, a pocket passer?
4: You think that's dead? Well, I I don't think it's dead. I would I would put Mac Jones in that category, and they just won national championship. Basically, blew out everybody that played. So, um, I think that I think it it works. Obviously, um, they set a lot of records there. Um, you got to have the right. No matter who your quarterback is, I think you need to have the right pieces around them. And so, if you have a pocket passer, you know you're going to need people to stretch the field more because you're not going to run the guy as much. And that's what they had at Alabama with, you know, the great receivers. So. Um, I think it's putting the pieces around it always and the quarterback's always hard to evaluate and we see it all the time the NFL guy's not very good at one spot he gets drafted somewhere and he goes to another place you know coaches get you know too much blame and too much credit for winning and losing because a lot of it's about the players that we have the same thing with the quarterbacks you know quarterbacks go into a different culture and different players around them and all of a sudden perform much better than the team they were at before so you know, the same basketball, you know, where you can just do it yourself and, and take over a game. You know, you got to have a lot, of, a lot of things around you um, to be a really good quarterback.
0: You got a chance to see a lot of these quarterbacks, I'd assume, that are coming out this year. And with your experience of growing up basically in NFL families and everything like that, you think that these guys, because last year, Joey Burrow, uh, by all accounts, great. Uh, going to be a great pro. If he can keep his head, though, like because yeah, there, there was a game last year where it looked like he actually lost his head because he got hit so hard and so often. So hopefully they'll be able to protect him. Justin Herbert, I get he's balling. He's going to be on his way. Uh, Tua, I guess the, the jury's still out on that, but it's not easy for young quarterbacks to make the trade. There's only 32 jobs, you know, and I think that is something that kind of gets lost in this entire thing. How do you feel about these young guys that are potentially going to the NFL, and have you got a chance to even watch them or do you care about that at all now that you're full-time Old Miss?
4: Yeah, I don't get to watch them, you know, like <clears throat> like the NFL teams do or, or draft experts and things, but, um, you know, just, uh, again, it's what guys are drafted into, what's around them has so, so much to do with it, um, because we see it all the time, and like you said, there's only 32 jobs, and you don't get to, you know, be a receiver, a corner, a linebacker, oh, we're going to rotate in and play half the game, and you know, develop the guy, you know, as the season goes on. Mm. You know, if you're not the guy, for the most part, you don't play. And so um, in such a almost impossible position to truly be accurate in evaluations, because in college we, we get very little time to evaluate them, very little in person. NFL, you're unlimited with your meetings with them, how much you see them, all the film study from college and the workouts and everything, pro days. And they still bust half the time with all all of that so it's just a really hard thing to to evaluate and just because you were good in college as you see doesn't doesn't translate to the nfl and again a lot of that is where were you at in college and what was your system what was the culture and what were the players around you
0: you're saying it sounds like this is real and i assume this is your entire motto with building up that old miss team it's like a lot of pressure gets put on the quarterback to be, it's a win-loss stat basically is for the quarterback. What you're saying is there is zero real way to evaluate how one person's doing over another person because, for instance, we had a graphic we put up earlier. Patrick Mahomes, the weapons that he has is fucking awesome. Now, he's a quarterback that can make every single play, every single throw. Andy Reid also draws things up. Tom Brady down at Tampa Bay, the amount of weapons that they have is just unbelievable. If we were to judge Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, who going to go down Mount Rushmore quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, probably Patrick Mahomes is going to win nearly as much as tom brady wins super bowl wise but whenever you whenever you look at their offensive weapons compared to other people you're saying it's impossible to evaluate how a quarterback's going to do unless you know the situation they're going into
4: yeah and not just the weapons that's that's probably most important but what is the culture that's around them you know and and what is the what is what's the coaching that they're going to get um because again we see that all the time you know a coordinator comes in or or goes, and all of a sudden a quarterback gets better or worse when he, leave, when he loses them. So you know, there's so many variables to that spot. Again, no disrespect to things, but if you're a great cover corner, coaching probably ain't that important. Terrible, you know, and, and the rest of your team's not that important. You can cover a guy or you can't. Quarterback's a whole other animal. Oh, man, that's awesome.
2: Ty, what do you have? Coach, uh, I- Based on what you've seen so far In the spring do you feel like you and your staff Have kind of made up for that lost time Last year like are things kind of Opened up and and you guys are all back In the building or there's still restrictions Do you know what to expect for the the Upcoming season
4: Well I think defensively it's helped us a lot Um, I think that in general if you looked At first year staffs um, Some did well offensively but most of them Struggled defensively because you had no spring ball With your guys to learn scheme and and To tackle so I think that showed up a lot. So hopefully having spring is going to help us a lot in that area. Um, but as far as the COVID part, for the most most part, um, we're back to normal now. Oh, nice. Do wow. you, does everybody have to get – we talked to Mac
0: Brown. I think he said as long as everybody there got vaccinated, they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want.
4: Is that kind of the SEC thing too? Do you know? Uh, we're still one one test a week. Um, I believe um, oh, okay. the vaccine does get you out of that for a while, though, yes. Connor,
2: what do you have? Yeah, Coach, how often will NFL teams call you about your players or even players that uh, you coached against? And then how many times do you read something about a player that you know is a stud
4: that is burying them and is just absolute bullshit?
1: There you go.
4: Well, um, we get some calls, probably not as much as you think. I think that... Again, no disrespect. I think a lot of people in the NFL that, you know, think, okay, well, we got to figure it out. We don't need, you know, opinions from college guys. And, and that may sound crazy to you, but that does happen. And I was there. I remember going to the Raiders and saying, all right, on every draft prospect, the position coach called the college position coach, you know, ask the intangibles, ask what they think of them. And they all looked at me like, we're going to do what? We don't need their opinions. So I think that that probably happens a lot, but, I know there's guys like, like Bilicek that had personally, I remember a guy getting like the third round night before the draft, him calling me to ask my opinion on him. Um, you know, not even a first round pick. So, you know, some, some people do it. And and I think a lot of people don't, but as far as different reports and stuff, I mean, that's why they have so much ability to to research things, um, and not go off, of you know, what some some media guy says about how a guy prepares or, or doesn't. That was
0: directly at Orlovsky right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was directly at Orlovsky, and I do love what you just did there. When Belichick calls you, does he ask about like uh, how he fits in? What, what are the questions if like it's like it, that's the type of stuff, right? The film stuff, because I can see them being like, "Hey, we don't need college football minds telling us." I could see the arrogance of an NFL person saying that, but to ask a head coach about how he fits in with the team and everything—that just seems like a natural question. I mean, that that makes that seems to make a lot of sense. Is that what they're asking about? And why doesn't yeah, that?
4: Um, really good ones um, like him. You know, he he's so smart. He'll call and say, "I remember it was a tight end." When you're in, he's like, okay, I remember you had Zach Miller, you know, 10 years ago at the Raiders or whatever it was. How do you compare him to him? Um, you know, just that's how smart he is to be able to remember who you had and players you were around and compare him to. You know, that's why he's so great at that
1: oh man that would be awesome
0: why is everybody not doing that that seems like a very natural move hey listen i need to find out what this human's like i'm about to invest a couple million dollars potentially and i should call the people that were with him every day for the last at least three and a half years makes no sense what's next on the docket for the old miss rebels spring ball happening right now we're about to wrap it up do we have a spring game what's going on
4: we do in a couple weeks we're halfway through um and then we have the grove bowl um to wrap things up so again it's been good defensively to get guys out there we had some transfers that had to sit out last year and, and a lot of mid-year players in here to help us uh, defensively so our quarterback Matt Krell comes back from a really good season at times and so for him to improve um, offensively. How's your relationship with your quarterbacks? I'd like to think pretty good um, I, I think that uh, Matt and I have gotten along real well you know, really easy kid to get along with, he wants to be great, kind of laid-back California personality, so he says we get along because of that, I guess. But, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's really special.
0: All right, well, good luck to you. Good luck to Matt. We appreciate your time. I love the trophies behind you. Can't wait to see you win some more down there with Ole Miss. I assume your name is going to be one that's highly sought after for a lot of gigs. Excited to see you do whatever the hell you do in this wild football life that you've had. Ladies and gentlemen, Lane Kiffin. Thank you, guys. can't apologize enough for interrupting the conversation, but I want to let you know Sometimes Mother Nature doesn't always play nice. Like right now. We're literally in the middle. I can barely hear Ty Mm -hmm. because the, the amount of rain that is falling on the roof and the wind that is hitting our building right now is so loud. I can barely. Mother Nature does not always play nice. Sounds like we're underneath a
2: waterfall right now.
0: SA Company has all the protective gear you need to brave the elements and explore more every single day. Like their multi-use face shields, they are UPF 30, lightweight and breathable. Perfect perfect piece of protective gear for your next adventure. Perfect. I want it on my bike. Nice. Because it's breathable, I cover up my face, it's SPF so I don't get burnt. Uh, For a lot of people right now, if you want to pull something on your face, on your head, by the way, it is a perfect piece of protective gear for your next adventure. SA Face Shields are perfect for your next outdoor adventure whether you're working in the sun or the cold or going hunting, hiking, fishing, skiing, riding, or biking. Dozens of eye-catching designs for men, women, and children. The SA Face Shields offer breathable protection from everything the outdoors throws at you, sun, wind, cold, insects, dust, dirt, and moisture. One-size-fits-all, machine washable, and a lifetime warranty so there's zero risk. Wow! SA believes in giving back to the men and women who put themselves on the front lines every single day through their Partnership with Operation Gratitude, they've donated well over 100,000 face shields to those on the front lines during this pandemic. That's awesome. For every order, SA donates one face shield to a first responder. You get a great deal on an incredible product, plus the chance to give back. Stay protected outdoors because right now you can get an insane deal. Buy one, get four free. Whoa! Buy one, get four free—a $150 value for just $24.99. This is a bad business move by them. Let's take advantage of this. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Just go to safishing.com forward slash Pat to get five face shields for the price of one, plus a lifetime warranty and free returns if you're not satisfied. Holy shit. Let's go. That's S-A-F-I-S-H-I-N-G dot com slash P-A-T, safishing.com slash Pat. Thank you for donating. Uh, Back to the first responders. Thank you for the buy one, get four free. Thank you to S.A. Face Shields safishing.com/pat gonna need four or five of these just to get out of the office today. Back to the show. This is gonna get very fascinating. I'm pumped for it. shots to Twine for that beat drop. Joining me right now, AJ Hawk at a board. AJ. Hey, AJ. Oh, yeah. AJ, you and I will talk about my golf outing yesterday at a later time. <laughs> joining us here in a couple minutes, I, I don't know if he's on right now or in a minute or two, we got a sports psychologist joining us that has the Goldman standard, and I don't think I knew it existed before yesterday. Did you?
1: I had no idea. Sanchez is the one who pretty much let me know about it.
0: So is Sanchez potentially the mascot for this thing? He could it, take like it. it. The proctor is in what we, the lab. That's what we will ask Dr. Goldman. We will say, mm-hmm. excuse me, Doc. Is Sanchez a part of the company? How did this, how this whole thing happen, And how do we not know about it? I want to know, like, this feels like this is a very important test. It's been tested. It's been tried. It's been true. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, one of the most established sports psychologists walking this earth, a man who has a test that is given out to over 6,500 professional athletes that test their personality, their brain, everything like that. Dr. Scott Gold.
5: Doc, how's it going? It's going well. I hope I can live up to that introduction. Well, Doc, listen,
0: I'm going to be honest. Had no clue you existed before yesterday, but then we started doing some research on you. And Mark Sanchez, do you know Mark Sanchez? And did you know he was going to potentially let the world know about the Goldman standard just yesterday on the show when talking about Justin
5: Fields? So I do know Mark Sanchez, but not very well. We're just uh, new acquaintances, but I really respect and value his intellect and his insight. Um, The fact that you didn't know me is actually purposeful and strategic. I I tend to not really put myself in front of cameras. Uh, One of my mentors once had this great line where he said, it's very easy to see which way the cameras are pointed you can stand in front of them or behind them and the way that i've chosen to do my work for the last 20 years has always been to be of service of humility and to be behind the cameras and let the coaches and the athletes really shine so i'm I'm actually kind of this is a little bit of an uncomfortable spot for me but um when you all called and asked and I have such respect for your work and your show, I was like, Okay, let's give this a shot and see what it's like. Okay, well I want you know
0: thank you. No. Oh, thank you. I think we're echoing. You might have to move the uh the thing. No, am I still echoing? No. no. Okay, we're good. Um, thank you for coming on the show then. If this is not a normal thing at all, we appreciate the hell out of your time. Uh, if you respect this show, though, I do believe that potentially knocks your credibility early, yeah. but <laughs> we're going to talk about this as we go. Doc, the the test that was talked about yesterday, uh, I believe Mark Sanchez was referring to the recall portion of the test, and then there's two portions of the test. What is the test trying to do? And what what who are... Who are paying you to get the results of these these tests? And, and is that how that works? Do are you like an independent contractor for teams and organizations? And what do the tests tell us? Can you just tell us more basically
5: about what you've created here? Sure. So um the test is called the Athletic Intelligence Quotient or AIQ. AIQ. And and as far as like the service or how it's set up, so I actually have um two roles so one is as a sports psychologist and i've been contracted by um, several professional teams as well as several ncaa teams to be an embedded sports psychologist where i I worked with their players their coaches and their front office Um, and i've been doing that for about 20 years so that's just me um the test itself uh we brought it to market in 2012. Uh, my partner jim bowman and i we started creating it in 1998 and we actually before so it was about 15 years before we even brought it to market because we really wanted to um be rigorous in our scientific discovery i mean we really spent a lot of time making sure because you can't see one's intelligence right like you can see one's height but you can't see one's intelligence so we put a lot of time and in, in, in effort into making sure that the test had the integrity that it does um the way i would describe it Uh, the way I describe it to GMs and head coaches, for example, and this is such an oversimplification, but there's basically four buckets to a comprehensive athletic profile, right? There's the physical, there's the experience. So for example, grabbing a defensive lineman from Clemson or a linebacker from Alabama, you know, what kind of system of offense or defense they run, what they've been exposed to. Then there's intelligence, which is, simply defined as the ability to uh, acquire process and apply information. And then the fourth bucket is personality. You know, what's their work ethic like? Um, are they going to be a locker room poison, et cetera? So the AIQ is strictly focused on that third bucket of intelligence, which is again, how do they solve? So my partner and I, what we did was is we said, sports is defined as an unsolvable puzzle in a chaotic situation. What are the cognitive abilities that a person needs to be successful in that kind of environment?
1: So how is your test different from the wonderlick? And do you see your test eventually taking over the wonderlick and being more important or do they kind of work hand in hand? And do you hate the wonderlick <laughs> uh,
5: I don't hate anyone. I'll be honest okay, with you. All right. um, That's very nice of you. But, I hate you. <laughs> you know and i i have a tendency to talk more about who we are versus who we're not but because you asked some of the differences are the wonderlick was created in in 1934 um and i think it's a test that's more based on say like logic reasoning Uh, by contrast uh so Again, just to put some perspective, I have two PhDs. One's in clinical psychology. One's in school psychology. Hey guys. Oh, hey. Wow. Okay. That's oh. that's a lot of work. Woo. A lot of work. We are proud of you for that. That's ver- so. So, and that wasn't meant to be a flex. It's just no, no two PhDs. Uh,
1: hey, two
5: PhDs. PhDs. One PhD. I, 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 i nowhere near one PhD. I couldn't even <laughs> imagine two of those things. Well, I, it's two for the price of two when it came to time and effort. But uh, my partner has a Ph.D. in school psychology. And so Three PhDs. Um, what we did was is we took it's called the Kittel, horn Carroll Theory of Intelligence, CHC theory. And that's the predominant theory of intelligence that's being used. So if you have children or you yourself were ever tested for a learning disability or um, learning disability or or giftedness you were given an intelligence test that was based off the CHC theory. So, so we took something that was tried and true and the, and the gold standard in intelligence testing. And then we looked at what was the most sport relevant. The other thing that we, that we did that I think is fairly unique was I tapped uh, the coaches that I worked with at Arizona and Michigan and with the NFL teams that I've worked for. And I asked them to help make some really good, um, analysis and recommendations that aren't just sports specific but also position specific so going back to say talking about a quarterback the idea here is here's a cognitive ability like learning efficiency the ability to download and recall the play now that's really valuable for a quarterback who might have to understand the entire playbook as well as assign on the field teammates to their roles or to identify the mic and then put everybody in position according to it similarly it can also be used where let's say the defense disguises a coverage in the first quarter and it it fools the quarterback he can then recognize that same coverage in the fourth quarter and say okay you got me in the first quarter but i can now remember that in the fourth.
0: So we won't be fooled again! Now, that is something that is tough to find, and if you find somebody who can do that, I assume that would be a pretty vital piece of information. My question for you is not, hey, can you tell us everybody's scores, and I would never expect a doctor to do that. The fact that Mark Sanchez told us a couple people's scores, we were actually pretty mind blown about to begin with, but once we heard that Justin Fields did well on this test, and you don't have to confirm nor deny that, but why wouldn't Justin Justin fields potentially want people to know that was was you know like is that him or would that be the the team like how come we did not know that justin fields potentially has photographic memory is that what the test is proving whether or not how come we're not really learning that you think is it because your information is sought after by people that would not want the masses to know that information or do you think it's like what do you
5: think it potentially is you're asking a really good question and all i can say is i don't know i would ask those people you know again one of the things is we've just never exploited the relationships that we've had with the teams that we work for and we've never exploited we certainly don't exploit the relationships that we have with the players that are kind enough to engage in this process with us so we we don't really we just don't publicly disclose that stuff i mean i remember there was a super bowl where both teams were using the aiq and People were coming at me, being like, "Oh, you should be tweeting about how this is an all AIQ Super Bowl, and yeah. AIQ yeah. is." And I just said, "Look, you know yeah. what? I think if you do that, you're disrespecting the strength coach who worked his butt off to get them strong. Okay, you're, you're like." And on and on down the line, like, it's not just strength coach, it's the athletic trainer and the nutritionist and the the position coach and the heck, like, I was just like, this is their moment. Like, the fact that the two teams use the AIQ, value the AIQ, continue to use the AIQ, that I'm just grateful for.
1: Do you, uh, you, uh, I guess, check, like, scores that may have happened a couple years ago and then follow some of these players whatever the sport may be and do you see any correlation between high scores and levels of success that you can you can say hey, this is a tangible result and if you had to tweak the test because of that
5: yeah great questions um we have not had to tweak the test um so that's because yes. well i mean well let me go back we tweaked the test based off of the science But that was before we brought it to market, you know, because we followed the American Psychological Association's ethical guidelines for test construction. I know that might sound kind of boring, but what it is is it's saying, you know, we just made sure that we were painting with a really fine brush. Now, going back to the question, and this is something that I'm real proud of and proud for the AIQ is uh, we collected five years worth of data and we did perform some research that has been published in academic journals where we have found statistically significant correlation with on-field performance, interceptions and defensive backs, rushing yards and running backs, regardless of when they were drafted. And so I think what's kind of cool and, and other stuff too, like uh, false starts and offensive linemen, defensive uh, tackles for losses and sacks ah. career approximate value, which kind of talks about their impact to their, to their team and, um, and to my knowledge, we're the only test that really has that kind of connection with the kind of data that we have. I think that's pretty cool.
0: I'm so impressed by this shit, man. Yeah. I, I I will let you know that because I'm a big I think we all are on this particular show. Like it's it's all what's going on here in between. You know, like your think tank is where everything is going on. There, there's a lot of you know, incredibly athletic dudes, okay, there's, like, for instance, in my position, there's a lot of dudes that can kick balls very far. There's only a certain amount of people that can really do it for a living, especially do it at a high level, and that's all because of what's going on in the brain, and it feels like uh, here, as of late, we've learned more and more about it, but for a long time, it was absolutely nothing. I I am very pumped to hear that there is potentially a Goldman standard for judging. Now, we got to figure out how we got to pay you enough money to release these results so we Mm -hmm. all know it, but this is a this is really cool thing you're doing for sports. I want to let you know that, especially because of the success it has had. So congratulations on that. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, on uh, your website,
2: Doctor, it says that you've worked with um, players from five of the major sports. Have you tried to get into different sports like Australian football? Oh, yeah. Uh, or like, does it even affect those type of sports similar to like golf? Like, does that test even tell you anything about golfers or no?
5: Yeah, no, it's a great question, and actually, we we have been used. So we we are under contract with all five major. We're under contract with teams from all five major leagues in the U.S. But we have also been contacted by international teams as well. So um, European football, um, Australian rules football, rugby—they they've all tapped into it because, again, our original concept was sports is an unsolvable puzzle in a chaotic situation. So even when we were originally creating the test we looked at firefighters police officers first responders military like it was you know again imagine just to use um, a a non-sport related example you kick a door down and you quickly got to examine the room where are the threats where are the dangers where are the key landmarks so i don't get lost who needs help all those kinds of things like that's a cognitive ability that's very similar to You know, whether it's an outside midfielder for a European football team or a center fielder in baseball or, or a quarterback in football, they still all have to kind of scan the field and know where key points of information are.
0: What is one of the, te- so what are the two tests? It's recall and then it's another one. For the recall one, is it, like, we've all done baseline tests and we've all done that whole thing and they give you, like, a series of, of numbers, then they disappear, then they ask you some fake questions, then they ask what those numbers are again, the words, the whole thing, the patterns, the what's potentially next. Is that what the test is or is it something vastly different? What is one of the recall-like questions look like and how do you score it? Is it right, wrong? Is it out of 10?
5: How does that whole thing work? Yeah, so, God, great question. So, um, it's actually, this is what you do for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And you had respect for it, which
0: early I was like, well, I mean, kind of turned me off. But (laughs) since then, I feel like I I, I am very, very intrigued by everything you've created here. So I appreciate you.
5: Yeah, no problem. So, um, we have four broad abilities and 10 narrow abilities. So, there's actually 14 points of data that we talk about when going through a report. So even though I talked about those statistically significant correlations to on-field performance, really the intention of the test was to be a descriptor, not a predictor. And what I mean by that was, we're, ans- we're trying to help teams and players and coaches answer the question, how do they do it? Not, can they do it or why they do it? Why is more personality? Can is more of a front office decision. We're just saying, all right, we know this guy is good. How does he do it? And so going underneath that umbrella of cognitive ability, we look at things like visual spatial processing, the ability to scan the field and look for important details. We look at things like reaction time and also the ways to inhibit a response. So for example, a baseball coach once gave me this. He said the secret to hitting isn't swinging at a 95 mile per hour fastball. The secret to hitting is not swinging at an 85 mile per hour curve. So inhibiting a reaction is pretty valuable too. So we measure stuff like that. Um, Decision-making is about making quick and accurate decisions. And then the learning efficiency, one which you've kind of dialed into, is the ability to download and recall information later.
0: Okay, so when I'm sitting at a, a bar when they back open, mm-hmm. and there's that game, the touchscreen game, where it's like find the little things hidden in the mm-hmm. picture, oh, yeah. that's getting the whole field, you know what I mean? It's yeah, okay. seeing the little details there, you know what I mean? that like an umbrella is back there in the side, you know what mm-hmm. I mean?
5: Okay, I can't wait to take the Goldman one, time. You though. And, and, and just... what a great capture that's what a lot of the tests look like like a lot of the 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 items and stuff it is it's a lot more of playing games like tetris not to date myself but and and the one that you talked about at the bar and and what we have found is the players really evaluate and appreciate that like they're like oh thank god this isn't like dogs or cat yeah and and the other part that i think is worth noting is when my partner jim and i when we created it we were real mindful to make sure that it was robust to socioeconomic status, race, religion, country of origin. Like we eliminated a lot of those biases. Like for example, the top 10 scores in this year's draft are all minorities. Or no, sorry, let me be more clear. Eight of the top 10 scores are minorities this year. And that's been consistent with our entire database. Like it's just one of those things where, so I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico and on some forms of intelligence tests, they'll ask a question like, what is a schooner? Well, I don't know, I'm from New Mexico, it's a desert. Schooner's a boat. So we eliminated stuff like that. It looks a lot more like you were talking about the bar games where it's looking for information in a crowded field or it might be navigating something through space with obstacles in it and stuff like that.
0: Hey, Doc, I might be wrong here and you, you, I love that what I was imagining your test being was your actual test because when I've taken tests like this in the past, I've thought to myself, oh, this is a more boring version of this game, basically. This is a more boring version of this because whenever it's those types of things, you get to compete. So there's like an actual, you know, especially if you're talking about competitors, there's like, okay, here we go. This game is not going to beat me. So now we got like that, that whole thought of this whole thing. Uh, Quick question though. Do you see a correlation? And this has just been my personal thing. As somebody who has had to have some pressure packed moments, I've succeeded in some, failed in others. I believe that a person can only handle the amount of uh, like pressure moments that they're given. For instance, a kid who's potentially at a house party, all right, and there's one cup left in beer pong, all right, he's got the thing, and the entire house is staring in the middle of a party at this dude, okay? I feel, or lady, whoever, by the way, I've been. I've been wiped off the table by some assassin ladies on the goddamn beer pong thing. But I feel like the the ability to handle the pressure in that moment. I don't know how much bigger it could potentially get for you. Like I understand the results are potentially magnified if it is in a beer pong game versus like a Super Bowl or something like that. But is there a way to find out aside from like the quick reaction how somebody will handle a big moment or how somebody will handle their life potentially being on the line for decisions? Is there a way to figure that out other than a potential beer? Beer pong game with a lot of people in the house.
5: I like the fact that we're talking about a range of performance from beer pong to Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's it's kind of my life. Be, kind I mean, maybe those gaps aren't as big as we all think, right? So here's how I go back to that, and something that I just believe to be true as as a sports psychologist. I think human behavior is incredibly complicated. I think human interaction relationships is even more complicated and performance is based off of all of that so going back to that four buckets that we described earlier so and let's just use your specific example of beer pong you've got the physical ability right like do i have the muscles and the strength to hurl a ping pong across the table into the cup that's the physical abilities do i have the visual acuity like do do i need corrective lenses does my eyes have the ability to see the cup clearly how hampered are my um physical coordinations from whatever round of, of of pong this is so that's the first bucket the second bucket is experience right how long have you been playing beer pong for and how many games in your life have you done that are even similar to beer pong then you've got the third bucket, the AIQ bucket, right? Intelligence, which is, you know, how well can I calculate the time, distance, and um, other factors that are involved in shooting your shot? Bass, bass music, okay, <laughs> outside. Uh, there's yeah, probably some in,
0: you know, some uh, some potential oh, yeah.
5: feelings. That's what you're referring to. Well, and maybe there's also some other element of distraction, like a person of interest in the corner of your eye. Oh, right uh, uh, maybe a camera crazies too. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, the curtain of death. I mean, I don't know how competitive the ping pong beer pong game is. Okay. But then you've got the final bucket, that, that personality bucket, where you're talking about the pressure of the moment. Now, the AIQ does not test personality. And there's a purposeful reason for that personality is really hard to test. And if you think you can capture that, I think that's misleading. And I'll tell you why, if we could identify personality, we could get rid of terrorism,s We could get rid of murders. Like think about way more impactful things. If we could figure, I mean, that's like almost like minority report stuff. So here's what we know about personality. It's not a genetically stable trait like intelligence it fluctuates who you are when you're 18 is different than who you are when you're 25. Um, Similarly, personality can be influenced by life-changing events like having your child be born or becoming a millionaire um, from being selected in the first three rounds of the draft. So situations. And then the other part about personality Mm -hmm. tests in general is they're based off really a self-report. How much am I willing to be honest with you about how I describe uh, uh, my own su- sense of psyche. And then there's this other element which is even if I think I'm being honest with you, I might not be truthful. I might think of myself as a very courageous person but if there's a fire in the building, I might be knocking old ladies out of the way and pushing kids down the stairs like George Costanza style, right? Because so, you want
0: to be accepted by the person
5: that you're talking to. Yeah. So, So, when it comes to the personality bucket for the last seven years, I've been working with professional teams to do those interviews. But what I always talk to the teams about is this is just a a people-sized snapshot of the individual. This is not a pervasive personality pattern. This is not anything else. And really, I focus more on the goodness of fit. It's really about trying to understand would this person be like our kind of guy? Would we really like having him around? What do we like? like? So it's not even about trying to figure out if this guy was a bedwetter when he was seven years old or anything. It's really more about what can we do to help him give us his best self? Yeah. yeah. And then do we like that? Like, is that a good fit for
0: what we're looking for here? Doc, I appreciate what you've said here, by the way. This is shit that I am very, very interested in. So I, I thank you for all this. And I have to go back here. You saw a little reaction, I assume. As a psychologist, you saw the reaction as soon as you said something. What you said there basically is situations are situational?
5: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. There it <laughs> is. Awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: How, zero
0: how, P. How about sad. that? Of course. I just want to let everybody know. Hmm. That's been my go-to for
1: everything, Doc. He doesn't. Doc doesn't realize how much damage he just did. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 there's no damage. Oh. There's
0: no, I just, I want to let you know. Two PhDs told me, mm-hmm. "Fucking <laughs> amen, brother." Yeah. I just, I just <laughs> heard it from him. I appreciate you, Doc. You, you, you've done a lot here today thus far. That. I'm not saying that that's going to be the one that carries on the longest, I think, in yeah. my life, but the information has been amazing. You should do more of this. You're very good at this. Connor, what do you have? Yeah,
2: Doc, you just mentioned uh, like a uh, personality change based on a significant event, like becoming a millionaire, getting drafted in the first three rounds. Is that why you think people might uh, become busts? Like, for instance, there was a guy from the Titans who was drafted in the first round who played offensive line, and then he didn't really play at all and actually got released. Is that because you think like he might have changed due to the money that he made so quickly?
5: Yeah, so again, my honest answer there is I don't know. Because I don't know the guy. Because? I mean, because, because? because Say it. Because
0: situationals are situational.
5: No, no, no. no, no.
0: Oh, oh, so close. No. Oh, so right we got another question, Doc. We got another, you'll get a chance to run back. <laughs>
5: if, if I can, let me let me go back to answer that question. Okay. What I would say is I don't know, because I don't know him. And if I did know him, I wouldn't comment on it. But what I would say is... Sometimes life-changing moments can exacerbate who we are. Sometimes they can change who we are. Sometimes they can even solve problems. Like again, becoming a millionaire doesn't make your life more chaotic or less chaotic. It just changes. It changes the way you make decisions in your life. So again, it goes back to complexities. And and if human behavior was this simple, um, I think we could go and do the stock market like the stock market would be a lot easier to figure out if we understood well the stock market's very easy all you gotta do is you
0: gotta hold doc until you guys sell
5: what's
0: that hey doc you're just a fucking wealth of information in there huh
5: I don't know about that. I just try to be a service to the people that I'm having a conversation See, with. See, you've said
0: some things like that yeah. here today where early in the conversation, I was like, okay, this guy. But I honestly genuinely believe that you believe that. you feel It feels like you've committed your life here to like trying to at least figure out how the brain operates and how we can kind of predict greatness in a sense that is different than personality. Has it always been this way? What made you so intrigued uh, to go into sports psychology and psychology in general?
5: Uh, Yeah, no, great. I appreciate the personal question. That's awesome. Um, I think by inherent nature, I'm just a very curious person and I like to be, I I like to think of myself as somewhat of an explorer. So I think all human behavior is fascinating. Like the shirt that you're wearing right now, is it laundry day? Is it your lucky shirt? Is it purposeful from a marketing perspective? all behavior has meaning it's my uniform by the way just as a quick answer <laughs> come on doc this is a quick
0: answer but I, I do i agree with you by the way
5: well and so i like the idea of being a, like I think Walt Whitman had this great quote where he said like be curious not judgmental. So I just have this real natural curiosity for why people do what they do, especially at the elite space. Like I think it's really hard to win one football game, much less a series of them to get to a Super Bowl. And so I, I've been very fortunate to have been along for the ride with some really unbelievable individuals, and it's just been really um, it's been an absolute honor to watch them perform and to help them kind of solve these sort of puzzles. It's really cool stuff. So I guess I'm just lucky to have found a job that I really enjoy. You have a super bowl ring. I do not.
0: Oh, hey! I think that's what we got to work in the next contract. Ty, what do you got, Doc? Based
2: on the data, have you found clear-cut signs that like certain position groups uh, score better on the test? Because I think in the research it said that like a couple pitchers scored very high on it. Is it typically like quarterbacks, point guards, or, or like have you? I mean, is there a discrepancy there?
5: Yeah, good question. Um, yes, there are patterns there. You know, but it also becomes kind of an interesting chicken and the egg kind of question, right? Because the task demand of a tight end is a lot more complicated than the task demand of of a of a wide a wide receiver. So one of the questions to really ask is: Are people with higher uh, cognitive abilities being drawn towards? the, 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 the challenging positions or the challenging positions weeding out people with lesser cognitive abilities. But yes, we do see, we do see some patterns where some position groups score higher
0: chicken egg, by the way, that was evolution. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was another bird Mm -hmm. that did give the eggs and then those eggs created the chicken so I don't think it is chicken or the egg I think it's a whole other fucking existence Mm -hmm. so that's a, you know what I mean, but it is a great metaphor I've thought about that one pretty in-depthly
5: that one's out of my area of expertise. I'll punt to the group on that one. Oh, I heard you say punt oh. too. Hey, that's nice. Good. That's
0: actually right here. That's right here on the shirt that you were just talking about. There's a punt right there. A little bit of a sag, not as flexible as I once was, but that ball is bombed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Connor,
2: what do you have? Yeah, Doc, uh, if you had to, like, estimate what the top-tier guys would get, like what would Michael Jordan get? What would Tom Brady get? What would a guy like John Jones get who's in a UFC fight and it's just him? Like what would those type of scores would you estimate? And there?
0: what are the scores out of? because we heard yesterday potential scores not from you you don't have to confirm it that would be very fucked up with you and i don't even know if that's HIPAA or not because it's a brain but we get it but we heard like over a hundred is a good score and then yeah. we we looked online and some people scored like a 138 or something like that how are the scores created and how did you get
5: the points and what is a good score okay so <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there let me kind of fold back first of all let's start with punters and I'm going to give you some love, Pat. Thank you. Like, yes. I think one thing that's really unique about punters is you have to fully extend in a very vulnerable position without flinching. I think there is something Purge. really incredible about the skill set and the psychological makeup of a punter because I don't you. think people realize how hard that is. Like, most people just think, oh, this is just an automated rep activity, which going back to like your beer pong example, you can do a lot of things with 10,000 hours of mastery, but it's hard to do those things where you put yourself in an at-risk injury type scenario without flinching. Gymnast, same thing. Like our brains are not wired to be upside down. And when you see a gymnast do those kinds of things on a regular basis, like that's incredible. So I'm just going to give you some love. as, hey, as hey, a By the way, an I never leader. thought of that. I want to let you know I never
0: thought of that. Really like what you're bringing to me today. Uh-huh. <laughs> really like what you're, you know what I mean? Basically, you're, I should squirrel suit. Yeah, yeah you hey, should. Yeah, I'm a squirrel suit guy, I, I do believe, but I appreciate what you're doing. Now, I apologize. The other question about the scores and everything
5: like that. Yeah, so what's interesting about intelligence is there's kind of like no ceiling um, because you can, you can kind of like outperform a test. You can actually, so for example, let's say there's 10 items and you get all 10 items correct, right what that tells us is the test didn't capture your true ability because maybe you would have gotten 14 out of 14 right or 20 out of 20 right so there is a ceiling to a test but there's not necessarily a ceiling to intelligence now going back to the scores themselves we did follow the same code that the stanford Binet, woodcock johnson the wexler scales like they all kind of follow a similar kind of scoring system which is 100 is average, and then there's a standard deviation of 15 points in either direction. So if you score a 115 or higher, that's statistically significant. If you score a 130 or higher, that's, I mean, that's like by definition uh, giftedness or genius level kind of stuff. Uh, similarly, on the other side of it, 85 or lower is statistically significantly weak, and 70 is st- statistically significantly uh, really weak. Okay. Billy Tubes. Doc, uh, with so many people from so many different walks of life being taking this test, is it the same test every single time or do NFL players take a different test than any of the other sports or athletes? Another really good question. At boy, too,
0: bill. Let's not do this by the way. Tube that's maybe first question I've ever heard yeah. from Tubes yeah. in this show. He was
5: very excited. You had the boys buzzing this morning when you were coming on the show, by the way. Well, I appreciate that. I would have, uh, I would have him ask more questions because that was a good one. So oh. green light him. Listen, you can't um, tell that guy to do anything. Well, <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, you don't know him, Doc. Yeah, His
2: personality yeah. is way different from the intelligence.
0: Yeah, right. is, well, you can't, you can't judge a personality, yeah. which we did learn in this entire thing. You can only kind of see a mm-hmm. thing. But, but listen, Bill does whatever the hell he wants back there, Doc. Yeah. There ain't uh-huh. nothing I
1: can do.
5: So to answer the question, the test is uniform. It, it, it's, it's a one test thing so it's not something where it changes per player per person per year anything like it really is meant to be a standardized test and that's that's what we that's what we created
1: doc have you taken the test or is that some kind of weird ethics thing
5: you don't get high if you You own supply supply. (laughs) wow um yeah i have taken the test myself And, uh, but mostly to make sure that, you know, like testing it and the development of it and the creating of it is, um, but it wasn't about just seeing what my own performance would be on it. And and just for, for again, going back to the, this is not meant, the test is not meant to be the answer. It's just meant to contribute so that teams make more, a more well informed decision. So, like, for example, I would never draft me to play um, defensive back in the NFL, even if I scored really high on this thing. Like, those other three buckets are significantly missing. Hey, Doc, no shit, Doc. Did you do do well on that or no?
0: Did you do, you did well on it? I assume you did.
5: Uh, Yeah, I did fine. I mean, you know, I was okay.
2: 130
5: plus, 70 below, 130 plus? Like I said, we don't really publicly talk about
0: (laughs) (laughs) it. Oh, that was awesome. Doc. Thank you so much, man. I feel like I've learned so much. I hope this information starts becoming a little bit more readily available because I think the narrative changed vastly yesterday about Justin Fields by a lot of people whenever we found out he scored 130-plus, allegedly. We don't know.
5: Obviously, don't want you to do that. But we appreciate you so much for what you're doing for sports, man. I really enjoyed the time and the conversation. Um, you all have asked some great questions, and if there's any an opportunity that you'd like me to – Uh, further the conversation on this subject matter or anything else, I'd be comfortable doing it again. You got it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Gordon. Can't thank you
0: enough for choosing to listen to the show. The fact that you do, we are internally grateful for. Ty, we got a big show tomorrow. Yeah, huge show tomorrow. Please be a friend, tell a friend. We can't thank you enough. We're back manana. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. Cheers.